0: Welcome, citizens, to Liberty, Tales from the Tower. As your media director, it is my privilege to inform you that the following stories will contain content some listeners will certainly find disturbing. But first... We here at Tower 4 have a very special announcement. As you've surely noticed, I have replaced Citizen Yamada, our dear host from the previous season. I've been informed that he injured himself in the excitement of a routine cleaning that took place on the pavement just outside of Tower 4. Our thoughts are with your family. Before we bring you tonight's tale, a quick update from the Meal Production Division, and a message from our sponsors.
1: In the climate-ravaged world of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven. Pura is a geoengineered paradise that protects its fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. In a time when the world outside is unsafe— Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify. Shopify.com slash realm.
0: Well, if you're a first time listener to our broadcast, be prepared for a real treat. We are starting this season of Tales from the Tower off with a standalone novella that will not only chill your blood and leave you with a nervous twitch but is also a great starting point for anyone new to our horror series. To reiterate less subtly, if you have friends, family, or unlikable cohorts who you would like to scare, or whom you think may enjoy our broadcasts, this episode makes for a fantastic starting point. Oh, one more quick update. Following this 10-episode season of Tales from the Tower, we'll be premiering a new Liberty broadcast set within the walls of Atreus. We can assure you that Dr. Kofsky won't be making an appearance, and we are excited to present the new fully-voiced adventure to our gracious citizens. Now, get ready for our premiere novella, Excuse Me, which is written by Caitlin Statz and is read for us by Kareem Cronfleet.
1: Order released today the identities of those arrested in a string of arsons over the last week that led to the deaths of several citizens.
0: The infamous Seven Diamond Mining Collapse, leading to the death of twelve valued workers and citizens, has been deemed a cover-up upon the discovery of multiple bodies bearing marks of premeditated torture under the rubble. The Department of Community Order has called in the Civil Defense Force to the case.
2: The rusted underside of the glistening towers of our city run deeper than we say. My life as an agent has left me contemptuous of the broadcasts and celebrations. I started to think other actions must be moving on our world outside of our control. If we left the vile corruption behind, light years away, and separated from us now by the uninhabitable, incalculable black vastness, how is it that I face every day as though it were more nightmare than life? It's easy to hide it, though. Behind smiles, drinks, nights out, and the look in some eyes. She was there. My some eyes along with others from work, out for caffeine to end a long day on some form of normal interaction. We'll see you later. We have to catch the Skyrail. Agents Parsons and Freeman. Lucky you live so close to both of you, and that you still have that vitality. This caffeine will keep me awake just until I get home at this rate.
3: Then you'd better hurry. We don't need to be called in for some public disturbance report when an old agent falls asleep on the train.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Parsons patted her on the arm picking up and downing the last of his drink before heading for the door with an offhand wave. They were nice guys, but not kind. Years in our position will replace kindness with a crust of geniality, easily scratched away with every new call. Gray waved to the waitress, ordering another drink for herself and me.
3: Another round for both of us, please? Thanks. Yeah, so you were my incoming class, right? What was that, nine, ten years ago?
2: We stood in line together on our first day in the department. We'd worked a few cases together over the years, and I remember all of them. Granted, some things are hard to forget. Ten years ago... Reeve, I was maybe eighteen. Spent the first month working mostly domestic disturbance calls. Got so excited for my first missing persons case.
3: Parsons had hair.
2: <laughs> Parsons had hair. <laughs> so a lot has changed.
3: You had missing persons cases your first month?
2: Yeah, actually one in my first week. I was shadowing Agent Moritz. He's been retired for years now.
3: I remember Moritz. He used to leave his meal tins on the desk for the next shift to deal with. I don't think it was malicious, just think he was not prone to caring much about anything anymore. (sighs) So how'd it go?
2: How did what go? Moritz?
3: No, the missing persons case. Mm.
2: You know, I'm not sure. Moritz took over completely, burying me under piles of useless reports for trivial shit. Thanks for coming out to drinks
3: What? You're gonna head home? All you guys can't keep the light on That's fine, I'm done
2: Gray hailed down the waitress and we settled our tabs She was near the door and throwing on her coat before I thanked the waitress I passed through the doorway and in the distance I could hear the ding of the elevator Down the hall, Gray stood in the closing doors
3: By the way, happy birthday
2: I walked down the hallway I wasn't catching the elevator this time, so I waited near the door. I smiled to myself like a fool just before my privacy hood beeped. I picked it up and took the call.
4: Happy birthday, cuz.
2: Thanks. Get me anything?
4: Straight to the
3: point. Uh, yes, yes. It'll be at your apartment later, maybe a few days late. How did the little drink celebration with your co-workers go?
2: Actually, it went great by the end of it.
3: Nice to hear. Look, I'm sorry I can't chat. I'm on the late shift tonight, but happy birthday. Call me later, okay?
2: Will do. There was no gift when I got back to the apartment, but Concordia did say it may be late. It's not as though I could miss it. Tiny kitchen, a single double-seat sofa. Not much it could be hiding behind. One door to the bedroom, one door to the bathroom. Thin walls to the neighbors. It irked me. The discussion we had about Moritz. If she really remembered our first week with the DCO, if that first big case I'd worked had gone anywhere. At all. Sitting at my desk the next day, I looked for the old files on the computer. Senior Agent Moritz, Agent Caulfield, missing persons case file from just over 10 years ago. The event existed. District four, citizen Bernardus Allen, video evidence collected, no trace evidence found, case status open. I clicked over to the video surveillance. It failed to open. I tried using a different video reader, but even though the file appeared to exist, it led to nothing. But, at the time of these videos, this missing person's case, I was a brown-nosing punk of an agent, and I kept notes on most everything, written and audio in some cases. Going back into storage felt like walking into a hall locked to keep back sad secrets and forgotten crimes. We solve a lot of cases, but some never make it to the light of day. Some are lost to the system. Others piled over with other events until the past is so far gone it's no longer salvageable. I found my box. The gleam of the narrow metal faded dull with age and neglect, it puffed as I opened the class for the first time in years, and I was faced with slats of data paper and recorders chronicling my early enthusiasm. I found the recorder audio notes. Apprentice agent Tiberius Caulfield taking notation of the interview between senior agent Moritz and witness Folus Burganis regarding the disappearance of citizen Bernardus Allen. Last seen leaving the nebulous news exhibit at the Z- Planetarium by friend and current witness, Folus Burganis. According to Folus, Bernardus was acting normally, no indication of behavior that would lead to a personal choice to abandon his life. When asked about future plans, Folis stated that Bernard was looking forward to a possible promotion at work. That avenue of inquiry was investigated by senior agent Moritz, but no situation leading to ill will against Bernardus could be found. Citizen Burgonus was released from questioning soon thereafter, seeing as no prevalent information could come from the witness. Notes from apprentice agent Tiberius Caulfield on video evidence collected video recording from the planetarium's entrance camera confirms Bernardus Allen's time of departure as 28.45. He was wearing a privacy hood, slim dark pants, and a cross neck overcoat. CCTV was collected following Citizen Allen's tracks. He appears to disappear in a section of District 4 that is void of CCTV coverage about three blocks from the Z-Planetarium. Map checks have confirmed that this was the most suitable way for him to walk to his apartment. No trace evidence was found at the believed scene of the disappearance between the cameras of the Ringneck Recreation Center and the small Baluda Cafe at the corner. Being late, no witnesses from the area could be positively identified or found regarding having seen Citizen Allen. That was the extent of the notes. Looking back, I still don't think there was much more than that. Out of nowhere, no evidence to suggest why, no direct video of anything suggesting abduction, and now no video at all. The case of Citizen Allen was open but stagnant replacing the objects in their container on the shelf I left the storage set on trying one more video player on the missing video files I tried but to my absolute expectance my computer protested nothing was there
3: hey wanna grab lunch?
2: huh? time had flown by in my search for new answers to old questions <laughs> while I would really absolutely like to say yes to that I'm too far behind today
3: too much caffeine last night maybe?
2: huh <laughs> No. I was looking into something we talked about earlier. Earlier. That missing persons case from my first week on the job.
3: Oh, okay. So, how'd it turn out?
2: It didn't. It's still open.
3: Okay. Don't let it bother you. You're under Moritz. If anything, it'll bother him. So, that lunch?
2: Sorry. I spent my whole morning looking into it, so I have an inbox of reports to go through.
3: The whole morning sounds like a lot of time to look into one case.
2: Yes, thank you, that helps. No. I had to go back into my old audio recorder notes in storage. All of the video recordings from the case are gone. Deleted or fried or something.
3: The case is over ten years old. I'm surprised a lot more of the older records are not missing. The video was probably corrupted or fragmented. Maybe it got wiped during one of the many, many system upgrades since ten years ago. Don't worry about it. Lunch?
2: No, I'll catch up with you later I'm eating at my desk today I spent my day completing reports and processing new assist requests It was a slow day A few reports of graffiti One incident of a senile old man trying to pick up the wrong child from daycare Two reports of indecent exposure And tomorrow would be another day How are you this morning, Agent Gray? I had asked before I'd looked down to see her Her eyes looked sunken and bloodshot She held a cup of caffeine in a tight grip, and her usually finely-pressed uniform looked a bit disheveled. What? Whoa, Agent Gray, what's going on? You look like... (laughs) well, you look like I usually do, and that's not normal.
3: Remember what you said yesterday about the recordings being deleted? Yes. So, I looked back at some of my old open cases, and I found one. And only one, where the video files have disappeared. I've showed it to the tech guy, and he said that it's like they never existed the file is still there, the link, the thing we clicked on, but it just is not anything.
2: Okay, like you said, corrupted files, fragmentation, systems upgrades. No big issue.
3: Except I checked a few more things. The CCTV recording for my case, a missing persons case, was from camera 133483, a camera outside of a clothing store in District 5. The day following the missing persons case, someone broke into the store and took some pretty high-end fashion items.
2: Is this some elaborate way of pointing out what you want for your birthday? Because I distinctly remember not getting a gift.
3: No, just shut up and listen. I looked up those videos from the robbery and they still work perfectly. So nothing wrong with the camera or the files received from that camera. So I looked at the questioning videos from the cases surrounding the case. Same thing. All the videos from the same camera delivered and saved the same way are completely unaffected.
2: So you're saying that the thing you said is not something, could be something. Yes. Caulfield, I've got a domestic disturbance call and I need your help. Yeah, be right there. We'll talk later. Over lunch? Come on. The domestic disturbance turned into some brawl in District 10. Two families obviously did not get along, and Agent Parsons was right to bring me along. Parsons is a great senior agent, and he brought the dispute to a peaceful conclusion, but not before I'd stopped a few punches. Several members of the family were brought in to have a mitigated settlement of differences, and I was released for lunch. Grey approached me before I could even sit in my chair. Are you ready? Sure. Let me grab some meal and I'll meet you at the elevator.
3: Tofu again?
2: Don't give me that sass. With the right mix of sweet and sour packets, tofu can do wonders.
3: It's not sass. I have some data files I wanted to show you when we reach... where are we going?
2: Did you bring a meal? Yeah. Then we're going to the rooftop benches, because no way am I paying for drinks at the cafe again today.
3: That's fine. I have some data files to show you when we reach the roof.
2: Anything you can tell me now?
3: Our cases look entirely unconnected. Different sectors... What do you mean,
2: our cases? I thought we were talking about video recordings.
3: Yes, our cases. I looked up your old case with Moritz, got your old files. Think the Archon for tight because your handwriting is atrocious. The people went missing from different sectors. Yours was a missing male, mine a missing female. They worked entirely different jobs, different ages, different appearances, and social circles. Their disappearances have been six months rooftop apart. gardens and
0: maintenance access.
2: So far, I'm confused.
3: Just sit, now, eat, and listen. <sighs> Remember when we went out for meal at lunch with Parsons, Freeman, Suarez, Capso, and Enforcer Shinko to celebrate Regal's retirement about three months ago? Mm-hmm. Well, you told me about a case that you had about a month before that. Remember it? Remind me. A couple from District 6 was walking home from the central city when they were approached by a person. The person asked for help, and the husband went to go help.
2: I remember now, yes. And the husband never came back to the wife, who'd gone home with their baby. The wife said the person asking for help was lanky, but it was dark, so we didn't get a useful description of him.
3: Yes. Now listen to the audio report I took during my first year. This is the case I was looking into, where the recording went missing.
4: Can you repeat that for my recorder, ma'am? You already have it recorded. I want to go home. Please, for the audio recorder this time. My husband and I, we were walking home with Sylvius, and, well, Sylvius is only about three and he was throwing such a fit out of nowhere. We were walking and Sylvius was acting out and I picked him up but he was complaining and fussing.
3: Please keep going, ma'am. It's alright. We will
4: do everything we can to find your husband. Well, I was ahead of Silvius, my husband, that is, not our child, as he had been on a call. When he had just gotten off the call and was approaching us, trying to help calm Silvius, this person approached. Person? Were there any indicators of if it was a male or female? They were slightly tall, but thin, bent a little bit. I'm not sure. I'm sorry. It was so dark. Don't worry. Please, continue. Well, they asked for my husband's help or something, and with Sylvia's making such a fuss and pulling at my clothes to go home, I just went home. I just went home. I didn't even say bye.
2: (laughs) Let me guess. He went missing. Yes. Gray and I finished our lunch soon after. We didn't think the ties we had were substantial enough to bring to Enforcer Shinko, and we were right. Without the video evidence, anything could have happened to those people. My next week was busy. When I got home the night of our conversations, a small box awaited me. It was my birthday gift from Concordia, a small visual aid attachment for my privacy hood for my long walks home at night or nights spent on patrol. Pretty pricey, but Concordia could afford it. Back at work, I was up for reassessment and had daily tests and training to prove I was still up for the job. I did fine, but time flew by, and Grey had tried to contact me multiple times. When I saw her at work, I made excuses. Legitimate excuses, but excuses nonetheless. One night after coming home to my apartment and settling into a meal and broadcast, my door buzzed.
3: Caulfield, it's Agent Gray.
2: In a pathetic attempt to seem put together, I hurried to push some dirty clothes under the sofa before opening the door.
3: You have meal on your face?
2: Of course. Are you okay? Did I miss my shift? No? So why are you here?
3: The case is There are more, Caulfield. I found more. I... Just look at them with me. Tell me I'm not crazy. This seems real.
2: Well... Fine. Gray had never been to my apartment before. Not a lot of people had. Except for Concordia, I didn't have family or friends over. But here she was. One of the main reasons I find my job bearable, sitting in my unkempt apartment, taking piles of data paper and a case of recorders from a messenger bag and stirring them across my table and sofa. I picked up a stack from the sofa and sat down across from Grey. This is a lot.
3: Yeah, sorry about that. So the information is here, and there is a lot of it. Or I could summarize.
2: Oh, Reeve, please summarize. Summarize?
3: You are not taking this seriously.
2: Hey, a minute ago I was watching comedy sketches on broadcast, so please forgive me if I haven't switched over to grave seriousness yet.
3: I found 22 cases in the last 10 years that fit the description, or at least look to. Some cases have witnesses, others don't. Those with witnesses say that someone came up to their friend, partner, family member, someone, and asked for help, and the person never came back. All of them, whether there's a witness or not, all of them are missing video. Just gone. All of it CCTV, personal cameras, privacy hood recordings, even the witness videos taped inside the department, gone. Not fragmented or unreadable, just gone. It's missing. They are missing.
2: Like your personal life, I see.
3: If you're going to be a dick, I'll just bring it to Enforcer Shinko without you.
2: No, I'm, I'm sorry. <sighs> Listen, though, are you okay? This is a lot of work, a lot of files. These are not even your cases. These are everyone's, even interdepartmental. You need to take a rest. You look ragged.
3: I know, and I will. But not until we take this to Shinko. This could be big, and it looks
2: nasty. People asking other people for help is rather normal, though. And missing evidence is the opposite of actual evidence.
3: So? Some, but not all of these cases have a written record or audio recordings in addition to the videos. I've examined them all.
2: So you have something?
3: These are parts of statements from multiple witnesses across multiple missing persons cases.
4: They it were slightly tall, tall, but thin, bent a little bit. It was male, maybe. It had such skinny arms, though. I couldn't see their face, but they looked so skinny, like those models, but stooping down. It was a woman, maybe. Skinny, but so tall. Tall enough it may have been a man. Really poor posture, like a hunch, you know? It was so dark, but I saw part of its neck and it looked like, just so skinny, as though it were a child.
2: It sounds like they saw something similar, someone very similar. This may be enough.
3: If it isn't, I have more.
2: What? What is it?
3: I've cross-checked the dates on every missing person's case that fits the description I've been looking for, and it matches a pattern. An abduction happens every six months, almost to the day, like clockwork.
2: Tomorrow, we're going to enforce a shinko with this.
3: We have to. The next abduction time... If I did this right, it... It's in two weeks.
2: Things went quiet after that. Gray left me some of the data files to read over, and departed soon after our conversation. She looked distraught, but I didn't know how to help. When she had left, I delved into the information before me. The connections were there, so hopefully our Enforcer would see it too. Arriving the next morning at the department, I saw that Gray was already in, sitting at her desk, staring at Enforcer Shinko's office door. Staring a hole in his office door will not actually lead to anything.
3: Oh, you're here, so we can do this now.
2: Any idea what you... What we're going to say before we stomp in there? I assume. Morning, Enforcer Shinko. Not to put a damper on your day, but we believe there may be a serial abductor roaming the city. Isn't your plan?
3: No, but I have not thought about it. I thought we could present the evidence and just go from there.
2: Well, I hope you speak quickly then, because he won't be a captive audience for long. I know. Ready? Ready? Gray was knocking on the door before I even reached it. the deep, concise voice of Enforcer Shinko peeled out the intercom. What do you require,
0: agents?
3: Hello, sir. This is Agent Gray. I am here with Agent Caulfield. We have some information regarding several missing persons cases that we would like to present to you.
2: A long pause of empty static emanated from the intercom. Gray looked over at me, her mouth pressed to a thin line and her nostrils flared. Then it clicked. Come in. Make this quick.
3: Yes, Yes, sir. sir. Agent Caulfield first brought this to my attention regarding a case from ten years ago under Senior Agent Moritz. Since then, I have researched over twenty cases that fit the same pattern.
0: And what pattern is that?
3: Missing persons cases, missing video evidence, six months apart, several with similarly documented witness descriptions. It's all here in the data.
0: Is this why your caseload and input work has been falling behind, Agent Gray? Yes, sir. And you, Agent Caulfield? Yes, sir. The delay of your investigation into the defacement of the base of the statue of our great Archon in Jacob West Park has put me in a nasty situation with several chairs of the Department of Public Affairs.
2: Yes, sir. Sorry, sir. So...
0: Is it worth it?
2: Yes,
3: sir. If our investigation into this is correct, then we predict that another abduction will take place approximately two weeks from now.
0: I see. And do you believe you have collected as much information as is pertinent to your
2: investigation? Sir, Agent Gray has looked into any and all cases she has access to in hope of finding related information. Okay. Leave me the data. I will get to it in
0: time. I will put out a message to other agents and departments to see if any locked cases fit the description. Until then, get back to your caseloads and do your jobs. Agent Gray, stay on top of your work. I see too many cases open in your docket. Agent Caulfield, I don't care if you stay up for a whole week. Find out who vandalized the Archon statue before I hear back from the DPA again. Dismissed.
3: Yes, Yes, sir.
2: sir. Well, that went as well as I thought it would.
3: He believes us. Back to work, then.
2: Back to work. We went back to work. Apparently, Grey had been assigned to a whole load of voyeur cases from the central city, dealing with some pretty high-profile victims and several leaked photos. Nothing incriminating, but certainly private. I, on the other hand, found myself scrolling through security tape after security tape from Jacob West Park and questioning passersby by about some case of vandalism that, if it were not for the chosen location of said vandalism, would merely have been cleaned and forgotten. It was several days before Grey and I exchanged any words other than cordial greetings and social banter out with other agents. But as the night of the expected abduction approached, Grey reached out to me again.
3: Agent Caulfield, wait up a moment.
2: My shift is over. I'm heading home. No one can stop me. I'm exhausted.
3: I won't. Mind if I walk with you?
2: I do not mind at all.
3: Great. I wanted to talk to you regarding the missing persons' cases.
2: I lied. I mind a little bit.
3: Unfortunately, it has been days and we have heard nothing from Enforcer Shinko or anyone else about additional cases or information regarding our investigation.
2: Is investigation really the right word?
3: These are people's lives we are looking into. Someone's family, friends. If we have even an inkling of what's going on, we have to.
2: Yes, okay, I'm sorry. I was joking. So, what's your next step? Our next step.
3: I'm going out. Not much, but at least it is something.
2: No idea what that means.
3: The night of the abduction, I am going out on patrol. I'm not scheduled, and none of the missing persons reports have involved an agent getting abducted while undergoing nightly patrols, so I'm just going. Plain clothes.
2: Do you hear how dumb that sounds?
3: I cannot sit around waiting for someone else to just disappear.
2: You have no idea where even to go. What district? Which one? Just like everything else about the victims, it's random. I know. It would be a waste of time. Time you could use to, I don't know, sleep, rest, pull yourself together? Please stand clear of the door. Wait, Agent Gray.
3: Please stand clear of the door. I'm going out tomorrow night. I'll call you.
2: Gray was not assigned a shift the following day. I hadn't known this when I confronted her about her choice to patrol alone. While Grey had my personal number from the time I'd ended up in the hospital with a slight concussion and needed to contact Concordia, I did not have hers. Without being able to call her, I spent my day pushing data around and waiting, diverting calls to other stations, worrying and pondering. I did see the connection between the cases. It was there, but the descriptions given by witnesses were so vague, the missing videos couldn't be the only videos to go missing over the last 10 years or more, and missing people sometimes, honestly... Are never found The most steadfast connection I saw And the one that Grey seemed to be clinging to Tonight Was the timetable Every six months Like clockwork I watched my clock The dim glow burning into my eyes As I stared it down They all look like eights if you stare too long Each bar filling with light Until you forget how long you've stared it down My privacy hood beeped And I pulled it up Agent Grey?
3: Nope, sorry It's your cousin
2: Hey Concordia Need something?
3: What physical fitness center do you use?
1: Mine's got a sassy bitch problem, and I'm switching. What did you do? Nothing, and I resent the accusation. Just
2: make sure I don't end up with you sitting across from me here at the department. I, um... I use fitness and care? Fitness and cure? It's in my building. Look it up.
1: Thanks. I will look into it.
2: <clears throat> I refocused on the clock after she hung up. Time was up, and my shift was over. The sun was already setting as I entered into my apartment. I couldn't concentrate on a broadcast, so I sat in my small kitchen, meal in hand, staring at the wall, waiting for the call to come into my hood. It came in on a shortwave nearly four hours after I'd gotten home. I'd accomplished nothing but scrutinizing every stain in my kitchen from afar. But when the call came in, it felt as though I'd just woken up. Agent Gray?
3: Yes. Listen, I'm sorry about everything.
2: So you're not going out tonight then?
3: I'm already out. I just arrived in District 7.
2: That's... fine. It's actually valiant of you to be out there. You're a great citizen and a better agent.
3: Valiant? That seems like a bit much.
2: You think? Maybe you're right. How about slightly proactive of you?
3: Seems a bit more appropriate.
2: Seen anything out there?
3: Anything prevalent to our missing person cases? No. Two kids trying to graffiti a wall, some drunken citizens trying their best to walk home, and a woman yelling at her husband or something for infidelity? Yes, those I have seen.
2: Did you intervene?
3: With the kids in the dispute? Yes. The drunks seem to have it under control.
2: See? What did I say? Great citizen. Better agent.
3: Maybe this was a mistake. I'm just wandering around out here.
2: Well, at least you won't get assigned some petty vandalism case or some domestic violence report tomorrow. At least not those ones.
3: I still have to report the. Ugh, I do not want to talk about work.
2: <sighs> anything going on where you are? I mean, anything interesting?
3: Not really. Some music event just let out, so everyone is leaving the building and filing through the streets. A few interesting shops, but everything is closed for the night.
2: Remember my cousin Concordia?
3: Almost. From that time, you got a concussion.
2: It was a small concussion. Anyway, she got herself kicked out of a fitness center. What did she do? I don't know, but knowing her, she probably gave some sassy woman too much of a feisty retaliation.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Is that normal for her?
2: Rather so. So, Agent Gray. Want to get some drinks this weekend?
3: Drinks as in you, me, Parsons, and Freeman? Or drinks as in you and me? The latter. That sounds nice.
2: Really? (laughs) Great. That's great. Hey. Yes, Agent Gray?
3: Just call me Gray, alright? I can do that. I think that drinks will be fun. Took you a while to ask, though.
2: Excuse me?
3: Yes, sir, one moment. Sorry, Tiber. I'll see you at work. And for those
4: drinks.
2: I drifted to sleep in a stupor. For those brief moments before my head hit the kitchen counter for the upcoming hours, I felt as though the nervous burden I had endured for years had slipped away unnoticed into the night. We were going to have drinks. That was the reality as I was overtaken by dreams. The next day I awoke with a pain in my neck, but uncharacteristic enthusiasm. I arrived at the department early enough to catch an awkwardly silent ride in the elevator with Enforcer Shinko. I was the first agent of the shift to have arrived, and a few agents I did not recognize were filing out the door and a well-known wave of relief washed over them as they stepped free of the department borders. Regardless of the shift, the job was crushing. Enforcer Shinko exchanged words with Enforcer Malak before leaving him at his post, and for a few excruciatingly long minutes, I sat alone in the department. The reports came in, and I got to work. Agents began to show up. Freeman, Parsons, Apprentice Agent Larry. By the time the shift was in full swing, I already had seven newly filed reports, but no Agent Gray, her desk sat empty across the floor, Parsons sitting on his edge as he spoke on the shortwave. It was lunch before I approached Enforcer Shinko's door.
0: What do you require, Agent?
2: Hello, sir. This is Agent Caulfield. Has Agent Gray reported in today as ill?
0: No, Agent Caulfield.
2: Sir, may I access the personal files? call Agent Gray and see why she's not reported in today?
0: Agent, do you have means? Agent Gray may be ill and unable to report her own absence.
2: Sir, to some extent I do.
0: Permission granted, Agent. Now stop lollygagging and return to your reports. The shortwave is overcrowded today as it is.
2: Yes, sir. I sat down at my desk, prompting my computer to access personnel files for the DCO before my butt was in the seat. Gray's file, just like all the others, was easy to find. I hadn't known her first name. I did now. Marcia. I found her number.
3: You have tried to reach the personal contact of Agent Marcia Gray of the DCO. If you have an emergency, please call your local DCO or CDF. If you are trying to reach me directly, please leave a message and I will get back to you.
2: Gray, this is Caulfield. Tiber. You haven't reported into the department today, and well, after last night... No, not in our discussion, but your outing... I'm worried please call me back We're coming to work. Bye. I called back several times during the day with similar results. She never showed up for work and eventually Enforceshinko came out for a brief moment to ask if I'd contacted her. I said I'd not been able to reach her and he disappeared again behind his office door. Nearing the end of my shift I grew more bold my bravado beginning to match my concern. I opened up our report files and typed in a few parameters District 7 Graffiti reported last night or today I found a report that matched the location and went from there. Using the time of our call, I went backwards, looking for the moment the graffiti was made, hours at triple speed, and then there she was, chasing some punk kids and tossing their paint into a depository. The video was exceptional quality, enough to know it was her, not enough to see the purse-lipped smirk I knew she'd be wearing after chasing off those kids. I followed her through the cameras, switching fields across streets and storefronts, watching her from mechanical eyes above. I saw the drunks, the disputing couple, and the crowds of music enthusiasts that funneled out of a building that she passed. She was gesturing, talking, to me. As she walked away from the crowds and still seemed to gesture with her words, she moved beyond the camera, and I switched to the next. This camera swings, drifting across an area outside a repair shop. It swings to the left, and Gray appears, walking on camera. As she walks across the screen, it swings with her, and as the camera reaches its rightmost point... I could see a man in a privacy hood. Then, the camera swings to the left, and within moments, Gray is off-camera. I switched feeds, expecting to see her walking down the street, but as I tried multiple cameras, none of them had Gray in frame. One, though, had that man. He was standing at the top left of the video, his body distorted by the edge of the lens, his head off-camera. This camera swung as well, being the camera for the same store on a perpendicular wall, and as it swung away and again returned... The man was gone. I rushed over to Enforcer Shinko's door. Enforcer Shinko, this is Agent Caulfield. I'm sorry to disturb you, sir, but there's something I need to show you. Sir?
0: What is it, Agent? I'm busy.
2: Sir, remember that case Agent Gray and I brought to you a few weeks ago? Agent Gray took it upon herself to patrol last night, the night of the expected abduction, sir. And she's not answering my calls, sir.
0: Agent, are you trying to tell me that one of my agents may be missing?
2: Yes, sir. Do you have any proof? I have video recording from CCTV cameras of the last time she was seen, I believe, sir. Are you certain? Sir, but I... Enforcer Shinko's stature and presence was enough to make my skin feel tight. I stood up straight, hiding the worry behind my eyes with a professional glare he seemed to sport daily. Sir, I believe I am. Show me. I walked with him to my desk, the remaining agents in the office sitting up straighter with each step in for grew nearer. I brought up the video files, queuing them up to play in the order in which Gray and the man had appeared. I clicked the files. The videos were gone.
0: Sorry to leave you on a cliffhanger, citizens, but it appears that we have run over our allotted time for the week. Please stay tuned for part two of Excuse Me in just two weeks. Until then, be wary of strangers, hmm? And hope that the Archon watch over you.